You're listening to episode 197 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon, Vegas.com, or Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. So we have a bit of a, of a, of a salty wife, <laughs> wife today. She's had one hell of a week, and uh, it's only the promise of drunken Tony and uh, a potentially uh, amusing conversation yeah. that brought her into this. But you may see... You may see the bitch I have to deal with all the time. Wait, all I'm the just time? Kidding. Hold the just fuck up! Relax. This is not a good way to start this. I felt it was important to shoot right across the bow, right off the bat. And back. you're just gonna ensure that I'm pissy and snarky the whole show. No, no, no. So I, I have had a long week. I have been gone since Sunday. I literally got home two hours ago. Okay. No, not even. Yeah. Not even two hours ago. Uh, and and. It, it was so bad that on the, the way home from the airport, I had to be on another work call that really just sort of set me off. So I am, like, bitchy, snarky so much that I, I told Mark, I'm like, I don't know that I can do this unless I can just be a complete and utter bitch on this show. So I'll apologize to folks in advance. Mark, you know I love you, Tony. And, you know and you're my I boy. also want to clarify, I didn't talk this woman into it. I tried to talk Tony out of recording the show. He's like, oh, come on, let's record one. And for some reason, it worked. If I tried that on you, no way it would have worked. Well, it wasn't that Tony said, you know, sign on now. Um, I'm halfway loaded and have a shitload of stuff to say. And I'm like, okay, well, at least that will be entertaining. So let's <laughs> give that a try. So let's let's do a show. All right. So he's Mark, she's Karen, and I'm Tony, and as always, we start with Random Vegas. Here's one that'll piss you off. In 2015, consumers paid more than $2 billion in resort fees, a 35% increase from the year before. We got that from at Peter Greenberg. So when did C- or when did uh, Caesars, Harrah's, whatever the fuck like they're called ago, now, wasn't it? was it two years ago? I think so. Because that could drive a dramatic increase depending on when they started paying. Well, they're it, but... they're starting to raise the rates on those things. Like every oh, every year, they're like going, that. "Oh, we're raising it by five bucks." I'm like what? How much? Mm-hmm. How much are the average resort fees now? Well, I don't know if there's I mean, an average, the property, but the higher but... end places are charging upwards of thirty-five. Oh, oh it's, it's absurd. It it's obnoxious. But the worst part is, remember from last week when we talked about only sixteen percent of travelers to Vegas are newbies, right? Wasn't that the statistic, Mark? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Which means then that 84% of the assholes coming to Vegas know exactly what they're getting themselves into and are willingly coming back and doing it again. Thank you, sir. May I have another, if you will? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They're like, yeah, but you know what? Okay, so there's one part of this, 
all right, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because I'm in that mood today. So we're bitching about the resort fees in general because I think they're stupid. But to your Tony, to your point, people that are coming in are saying, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to pay them anyways. So people are honest to God looking at these as it, this is just a mar- another markup on the room. So if they're advertising the room price at 100 bucks, now i got to pay 135 Okay, whatever. That's how people are viewing this, which is what the resorts wanted from the get-go because they don't have to pay as much taxes on the resort fees. So guess who wins all the way around? I'm and still holding out for the class action lawsuit. It's not going to fucking happen. No. Oh, oh, really? No. You know so much. <laughs> because Tony and I are currently... Uh, working or talking with a lawyer. We'll, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. You, you can call me wrong. I'm just so, I'm such a cynical bitch right now that I'm like, there's no, no class actions. The, the, the resort fees have been in place for how long? Now a class action is going to come into play? It takes time. Sure. <laughs> well, all right. Something that doesn't take any time is the eternal beauty that is the Mirage. Tell me about the Twit Pick of the Week. Of the many things Vegas has to offer, Serenity in the traditional sense, is not often found without paying for it. As the sun rises while a strip sleeps, the quiet beauty of the street, the gentle lull of the casino, and the exotic elegance of the pool can be enjoyed for a moment before the crowds return to it and the adventure begins again. This week's winner comes to us from at the Mirage LV, showcasing this special time most of us will only enjoy on our way to bed after one hell of a night. Gather whatever witch you have about you and soak in the atmosphere of a city where the action never stops but does wind down long enough for them to reset the stage so anything can happen again. That's beautifully written. That was um, that was one of the... I, I hate to say this, and, and the worst part is now the listeners are going to be like, oh my God, Tony, say this every week. So few things, so few pictures truly can take my breath away sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I saw this picture today and I literally took like a, a quick little breath in and just went, wow, that is, that's beautiful. That's just a, that's almost a, like a, like a screensaver sort of picture or oh, a desktop absolutely. picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't agree? No? I, I, it's a great picture. Wouldn't have taken my breath away. What I find, what I first noticed about the picture, <laughs> I find kind of funny, is that Ringo's face is covered up. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just, it, for some reason, I found that funny. Sorry. <laughs> I'm with Tony. I, I started writing the monologue in my head before I even started writing it. Like it literally just started going. Wow, that's so spot. And I just, I was like, nope, here it is. Here's the winner. Well, and I think part of it, Karen, why I loved it so much is. And you guys, to a certain extent, can probably relate, I I can imagine. Listen, you guys are, what, two hours behind Vegas time, or or, or ahead, I should say. You're you're two hours ahead of Vegas time. I'm three hours ahead of Vegas time. So that first morning, um, you know, try as I might, I can go to bed at whatever time I want. I'm still going to wind up being up at the equivalent of 6 a.m. You're not drinking enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, duly noted. I can't wait for you to be out for a three, uh, 360 Vegas Vacation 3 and put me to bed when that image would actually be taken. How's that? Oh, no, How's no, that? no, no. I don't have to stay up for you to oh. do this. I'm saying you need to drink more. I have no problem take, slipping I, back I the rest of the time. Mark will be more than happy to take care of that. I don't have to do it. I'm just telling you you need to drink more. Alright, well, that. let me just state in times, trips past, I have 
gotten up and I've been able to enjoy that that view. And there's something about that first morning in Vegas, especially when you've got a three hour difference. So that's probably taking it around, I bet, 7 a.m. local time. That's 10 o'clock my time. Right. I just, I've been able to appreciate that view and, and that picture and that, that scene. So just wonderful and, and very much well deserving to be Twit Pick of the Week. As always, we will link to the photo in our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. Let's move into the news. There's a new themed strip resort, allegedly. Yeah, let's 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 hope, but let's also put that in in perspective because (laughs) Vegas Bright is reporting that next week a new Mayan themed resort will be announced for the Vegas Strip. Citing an anonymous source intimately involved in the project, it will be located North Strip, have a 38 story hotel, a 57,500 square foot casino with plans for two expansion phases should it be a success. A rendering of the property was shared. However, it was clarified that it is not a recent incarnation, nor was the location shown accurate. The project has been under development for nearly three years. As more details become available, we'll be sure to share them with you. I've always said I'm a giant fan of themes. I love this concept. I hope they find a way to do it reasonably priced so this might actually happen as opposed to some 1.9 billion dollar project that's never going to get built absolutely you know chalk it up to the lucky dragon how cool would that be if within a couple of years of one another not only do we get back to brand new casinos being open but they're themed and they're uh, and they're truly something unique you've got it you've got something asian themed and now you've got something uh what uh, mayan i would totally yeah, hike it down to or up to north strip if uh, if you have a theme like that, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Karen, any of that speak to you? So. Uh oh. Chichen Itza. All right. Chichen Itza is basically what it is. No, but okay. I'm gonna go back and think of Disney, right? So they have the whole um, Mexico world at right. Epcot, which is my Cor- Coronado theme. Springs. Yeah. No, not Coronado Springs. The in the oh, back oh, you of mean Epcot. In the World Showcase yeah. at Epcot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Coronado Springs is a nice resort it's fine but you know i i just luxor was very heavily egyptian themed and they're de-theming it i mean there's so many de-themings that they're doing and it's because the properties are getting older and they don't want to pay the money to keep up the theme so they're just getting rid of all of it i i see what you're saying and obviously there aren't a ton of details on this yet here's my thought the theme doesn't need to go beyond any more than the giant eye candy that it needs to be. I agree with you. We don't need a Chichen Itza giant Mexican Mayan themed kind of concept. I just I just want something that looks really cool that has a casino in it and nice dining and shit like that. That's what I what I obviously I'm just speculating. We have no idea what they really plan. For all we know, they only speak Spanish. I just okay, that's just an awful assumption. Um, well, of course it is. I'm just, I'm giving you an extremity of a bad idea. I, I just, I'm nervous about any significant theming sort of things. And quite honestly, I think it's going to be one of those things that people will go see once. They'll hike down there once to see it because it's so themed. After that, they'll be like, I ain't going all the way fucking down there. I've already seen it. I don't know. There's a bit, there's a bit of a water park built into it. 
Well, and is, there, is it a oh, relative good. term if you're already staying at Luxor, or, excuse me, uh, Venetian or, or Wynn? Or, aren't you considerably, I mean, I guess I'm not quite entirely positive where it would sit on the strip. Right, that's the problem. It sounds like it would be in the vicinity of um, uh, uh, Sahara. Like, See, the problem is, is we know that MGM owns that corner for the, you know, City of Rock or whatever the fuck it is. So I don't know what space is available or where it is. Maybe maybe it's the old space where um, the water park used to be. I mean, who knows? But the only thing we do know is it's supposed to be North Strip. Okay. I, I, I'm I I'm very, very hopeful for it. I, I want them to bring the stri- uh, themed casinos back to the Strip. So. What, the one other thing that scares me? Yeah. It has a water park attached to it, which means there are going to be a shitload of crappy well, parents well, bringing their children. Obviously, right. and that that could be that could be right where you say where you're you're right. Diehards like us go once and then we don't go again. But on the flip side, put something like that close to Circus Circus. Tell me you don't get more people going because they're like, oh, we're going to go to Circus Circus. Oh, we're going to go over the Mind Blaze. Yeah. Circus Circus still needs to revamp itself a little bit, but yeah. Well, the right. first thing they need to do is they need to get the Chester molesters out of there because that place just screams, here's my windowless van, kids. Who I never, wants them? <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. So the, the uh, 360 Vegas vacation, the original, I Matt had never been through Circus Circus. And I'm like, dude, you have to go through it. You got to experience it once. We went through the Adventure Dome and wandered around. He goes, it's so weird. I know I'm not doing anything wrong, but I feel like a pedophile. <laughs> Well, Matt well, can have that look to him, you, too. I mean, obviously, take, he has a look take, that they're going to offer him Coke. So apparently, right, right. He, you know, that, that goes right in with child molesters. And, and to be fair, you can take the pedophile out of Oz. Right. Because I mean, uh-huh. you're in a different country, buddy, doesn't make you not a pedophile. But it, but it is a weird thing to be in there yeah. with, with all those kids Punch. running around. It's just, oh, it's so, like, I, I, especially when you consider Coke and, and hookers and, and everything else that you can think of that's adult oriented is is only you know a mile down the street and you're here going this this just feels wrong i feel like i sh- i feel like police should stop and question me <laughs> <laughs> i clearly have very bad judgment right, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right all right so uh it looks like the future of the pinball hall of fame might be in question yeah the guardian did a story on the owner slash curator of the pinball hall of fame they report that he is looking for a protege to mentor and eventually take over taking care of the machines. While the hall is a nonprofit establishment and has many volunteers working there, apparently none of them are suitable candidates. The bad news is if the gray-haired, ponytailed hippie doesn't find a suitable candidate, he believes that will be the end of the hall. For those of you interested in the opportunity or just interested in the curmudgeon story, We'll have a link on the blog to the story. You know what's funny? I've always thought of myself as as somebody who is more of a um, a mentee than someone who like like formal education to me is too abstract. Like for me, it's like you find something that you love, and then you have someone show you what they've learned, and then you kind of take it from there. I don't know. It's just it's just how I've always been. Like this is something. If we lived in Vegas. I would totally try to apply for something like this. I don't know how to fix pinball machines, don't know anything about them. I think they're really cool, and I would love to learn how to do it. I think they just need to find a deaf, dumb little boy, and they'll be totally good to go. He's not going to be able to repair any of those, Tony. He's going to be hes going to be really good, but it's a, it's a who joke. Nice. Thank you. There's going to be like 98% of the audience that are like, 
what the hell is he talking about right Karen now? Karen Speaking, of, speaking yeah. of pedophiles, you just got to find yourself a young boy. Right. <laughs> Karen didn't get it He's either. He's deaf and dumb. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, That'll Karen work Karen didn't get it I had to help you out there. <laughs> um... You know what? This is this is an interesting sort of situation, and and I listen. I am not a pinball fan. I have oh, been to the Pinball Hall of Fame, um, but I did check out the like the mini Hall of Fame when it was still inside the Sahara or Riviera. One Riviera, of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I, listen, I think part of it though, gang, is you and uh, the three of us were were a little too young to be able to appreciate the pinball era. I think that was, you know, we were born just kind of on that cusp between when pinball and, and Atari, you know, Pong, I think was the middle one there. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, pinball was never anything for me. I, I never got into it. I, right, I you're you're going to want to pump your brakes there, buddy, because Karen and I are big fans and have been wanting to own one one yeah. day. Well, like, but we, we fairness, have been actively you seeking. Are, you guys are considerably older than I am. Oh, so you fucking prick. <laughs> I was, it was funny, as I was sitting here thinking, were you even alive when Pong came out? Like, you have no fucking clue what this I is. I don't know. No, Karen and I, for a long time, 20 years, as long as we've been together, it's when the concept of a game room uh, originally came to us, the first thing that popped in our head was like, fuck, like, getting some traditional stand-up Pac-Man. It's like, I got video game systems that do it. Like, I want, I want a fucking pinball machine. And the problem is, is we've been unable to to decide which one we actually want to then attempt to pursue, largely because there's so many of them you don't know. The last thing I want to do is, is because it's, you know, it's not like a video game. It's like, here's your game. This is the only game that it is. It's not going to change. Nothing's getting updated. So make sure you got the one you want. Hope those slappers keep working for you. Yeah. Is that what they're called? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I just told you I don't know. I would need to be mentored or mentored. You call yourself a fan. I am a fan of cigars, so I am super excited about the Monte Cristo Cigar Bar opening. It's funny. I, I believe there are many things that we're going to do outside of the vacation proper, <laughs> and I believe this is probably one of them. Yep. The Monte Cristo Cigar Bar at Caesars Palace is now open for those of you who enjoy quality cigars, top-notch whiskey slash bourbon slash scotch variations, and fancy bar snacks including charcuterie, Karen. Cheese and charcuterie. Meat and cheeses. Yes. It features... And wine. It features a state-of-the-art ventilation system, a 400-square-foot humidor with custom-curved glass walls and shelving. It offers bar-top gaming, and seating is available for up to 100 between four unique spaces known as the Signature Bar, the Lobby, or no, the Library, the Courtyard, and the Vault Room. For those of you interested in the more private experience, the vault room features 10 seats and is far more intimate. Vegas Eater shared pictures of what you can expect upon arrival. Caesarspalace.com has drink and food menus available as well. Did you get a chance to enjoy any of these pictures, Tony? Oh, my God. I was sitting at work today just drooling. I knew you'd I mean, lose it. It's gorgeous. It, it is to just... Me, to me... And, and, and this, is, this is a rookie. This is a super rookie. When I think of cigars and scotch... This is exactly what I think of. Hell yeah, those overstuffed leather chairs. Yes, yes. The, the, the dark colors, the browns, the, yeah, the, the reds. It's... Yes. You realize why well, they use dark colors. Because it gets cigar smoke all over everything. It stains it dark anyway, so you might as well warm. start that way. Otherwise, it looks really gross. It's warm and comfy. All right. <laughs> 
it, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. You guys are going to lose me at some point during the trip, uh, and when I sneak over to there just to check it out. Uh, we've got some friends that are actually going to be in town for. Um, well, don't 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 for, fucking abandon me, buddy, because I would like to see this and and your wonderment. Well, all right then. That's super duper. I will <laughs> I will make sure to include you as a part of said adventure. But it's, why did you think he wouldn't? I mean, honest to God, Tony. I've because listened to, to your show, which is primarily two-thirds of things that I don't give a shit about, and I still listen to it <laughs> because I'm like, these guys love this. This is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fine. There, there may be, okay, there will be a ever-so-slight amendment, although I got to admit one thing that I love about when you put together the 360 Vegas vacation itineraries, you always include downtime. Yes. So we don't inherently have to, like, diverge off from... Right what's a part of the plan but if we because you know there's times in there that we can go do it but otherwise i think there are going to be folk that will want to uh matter of fact bogan already sent a a tweet saying i'm right behind you you let me know when you're ready to go because he's going to be out there for the trip so no i mean it's going to be awesome (laughs) no and that's all by plan like even for the beginning i kind of understood it and it's only gotten better with each vacation to understand that Knowing what we're going to do the night before, understanding how much time we're probably going to need to sleep in, also understanding that, you know, let, let's take a little bit of time to ourselves. It's still Vegas. I want us to have a shit ton of fun, but I do intentionally try to build time in there. I'm like, listen, we're all going to move from this place to this place, and we're going to do what Here, the next event's going to be at 5 o'clock or something like that, you know, just to give people time to enjoy Vegas in their own way, and then we get back together and we enjoy it together. Yeah, this is the, the the pictures were gorgeous. It looks like, uh, matter of fact, um, uh, somebody. By, uh, are you familiar? And forgive my ignorance. Are you familiar with Mitzula on, uh, oh, yeah. on Twitter? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He replied back to my my tweet on that place, and he said that he's been there, and it really is as gorgeous in person nice. as the photos make it look. Nice. So it's gonna be it'll be a real treat for those folks that want to that want to join us. There. Oh, Karen is looking to rip this to shreds. I can see it on your face. I, no, I just I'm looking at the pictures. I don't, I don't get why you think it's so gorgeous. I think it's I mean, sexy. We we've sat in cushier leather chairs but you and stuff. Probably before that have I, not been able to smoke there. Yeah, that's that's what I don't think well, you realize. Yeah. Is that that's that like these people have been shunned for many many years. Okay, all right. So then I get that. All right. So so for the record, honestly, probably since you're all gonna be smoking, I ain't gonna go. Well, that's fair. Because that's fair. I know. I know you no have offense, an aversion to it. Like cigars. Cigars fucking stink. Oh, you're so, insane. Oh wait, wait, my wait, god, wait. you're crazy. What I'm hearing you say is I'm gonna be able to enjoy my cigar and not have you there. <laughs> Tony, you're you're you just it's just a heaven for you. I can't. It's heaven I, I for you. Miss, even if I realize. No, you're not. No, don't fucking backpedal now, you <laughs> piece of shit. If you're going to go out there and call it out, then call it out and move on. Man off, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> you so, already know I'm going to be cranky and bitchy, so why even start apologizing now? Because yeah. I'll forget this all tomorrow because I just dumped like a third of a bottle of vodka in my glass. It'll oh be my fine. God, that's awesome. Hey, have you made any of your amazing um, pineapple vodka lately? No, because you're not coming down. Oh, well, if that's all it takes. And yeah. I drink it like it's it, it's not good how fast I go through it. So I just I have decided it's just better to not make it unless it's special occasion. <laughs> Let's we know we're gonna have guests. Yes. Because otherwise, it's just it. intentionally setting yourself uh, up oh, for blackouts. Yeah. Got it. That was that stuff is. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I'll let it go. But I just gotta tell you, 
you are the devil for having oh, introduced mind my wife and I together. <laughs> <laughs> it's mind-blowing. It's dangerous for all. Those who are like, oh, I don't like hard liquor. I don't like vodka. Oh, no, I don't like I've anything. Had people tell me, I, I don't like vodka. Oh, I, know. I don't like the That's bite. What I it's mean. not good. It is, it is the worst yep. thing. The anyway, worst, the worst, we've best talked thing about ever. it. Move on. It's no, it's. There's always new listeners. There's always that's right. Listeners. For, for you know, if they don't know, they can go back into the archives and find it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So there's uh, something called the Speed Vegas opening. Yeah. Remember the racetrack thing we talked about that someone wanted to build, but we didn't see the point because similar experiences already existed at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Well, it, it opened. <laughs> so oh. We completely lost track of it after we made fun of it. You'll find it two and a half miles further south of M Resort, although they claim it only takes 10 minutes from the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. However, a simple GPS search shows that it's closer to 20. Regardless, Speed Vegas is counting on the bigger is better concept. Their track is 25% longer than any in Vegas with 40% longer straightaways and 15 to 20% degree banking turns depending on where you are in their website. They offer multiple hourly experiences with semi-reasonable prices, all things considered. You can rent a Lamborghini Huracan or Ferrari Italia for $89 per lap, a Lamborghini Gallardo for $69, and down to as low as $49 a lap for a Corvette <laughs> Z06. And for $12, I'll let you take my Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> Speed Vegas also offers four and five lap packages starting at $200. Complimentary shuttles are available at most major hotels. So you can get a whole lot more uh, lap packages than in, uh, just four or five for $200 if you go to Spearmint Rhino. So, wait, hold on. How much does it normally cost to rent a lamb? Really expensive because we that. looked into it, it's like $500, but it's for three hours. I know. Uh, so the lap is two and a half miles. Yeah, yeah. How many times can you fucking drive around a lap? Three hours later, I'd be like, oh, my God. See, and I also think, while I do think this is this is interesting. I, I mean, do, you get to take a lamb around a curve. I agree, I like agree. Like one that it, it, will, it will just suction down on that curve. And but I do oh, think be awesome. part of it might be, I just want to be like, hey. Driving, driving, just no big deal. I'm just driving a Lamborghini. You want to like cruise? Yeah. You're not gonna drive that fast. You're gonna, you're gonna super be like super slow. In yeah. Second gear, just. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I'll let people honk in the horn behind me, be like, go around, go this around. This scene from License to Drive, where the, uh, where the road cleaner people actually pass. Right. <laughs> License to Drive. What a great call. What a great call. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do find this interesting, but it's it really is a toss-up. It's like, do you I drop this, say it, the serious cash? I To drive a Lamborghini for 89 bucks, I might seriously consider doing that. It's a Lamborghini. It's appealing. I'm One not going to lie though. to you. It's uh, appealing. But it's a la I don't need it. I don't need it forever for day. I want to get into a Lamb, be able to say I ran through the gears. I had it up to however fast I could get it to go. I'd probably need at least two because the first lap would be getting used to it. The second lap would be like, okay, come on, let's have fun. Like I said, they got and like, then if I blow through it and happen to do a third lap, you know. That's yeah. only $90. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a Lamborghini. We're never going to own one. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I have aspirations for retirement at some point, so I don't have to want to have to work long right. enough to be able to afford one. <laughs> right. That's true. That's Glad true. that I've somehow brainwashed you into. Uh, oh no, 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 no! It's it's a sports car. Trust me, we know this. We've had this discussion. What's I mean? There are Ferraris and uh, and Audis and shit available, I, but Ferraris no. But if, if I'm gonna pay to drive a sports car, yeah, it's gonna be a Lamborghini. You know what's funny? You know, guess what the other thing is? I looked for and and, and they don't have. From the Maseratis? No, no, Bugatti. They don't have Bugatti. No. Yeah, no, probably. Which kind of threw me off because Audi has cars that look similar to it, and I yeah, saw one. I'm like, do. how is it cheaper to drive a Bugatti than a? La- oh, because it's not a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love because you know me. I love either oh my God, the tiny little so sports cars, sexy, or the oh big old God. SUVs. I, you have a sedan and it drives <laughs> me crazy. Lamborghini or or a fucking monster truck. Well, no, but I mean, remember my. <laughs> That's how she gets through traffic in like 12 right. minutes. That, that's, and you better hope I'm not driving it on my PMS day because otherwise it's just going to be bad. Um, no, I, I love either sports cars or big SUVs. I don't like sedans. I don't like them at all. I, I can handle being really super low to the ground or super up high. In that Karen time. used to have an eagle talent that I had to roll out uh, of because it was so fucking Try long. doing it in heels, fucker. I don't want to hear it. Oh, no, no. You have no one. To, you can't bitch to anybody. You chose it oh, and loved it. I loved that fucking car. It annoyed me when I'd have to get out because literally I'm like, just roll out of here. Here we go. I was a leg workout to get out of that thing. It was awesome. My left leg was like super built. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that car. It was, you know, it was a five-speed. The gear stick was right there, and it, it, I barely had to, like, just move the wrist and flip through the gear. It was, it was a, so it was awesome. A, it looked like a cockpit, like you were in a plane. It was all right there. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Sorry. Reminiscing. So let's move on to prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news where we give you just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, the Review Journal is reporting that the female partner involved in the high roller sex story is expected to plead no contest to a lesser misdemeanor charge. Uh, unlike her undressed, count- oh, excuse me, unlike her deceased counterpart, her lawyer <laughs> says she is very embarrassed by the whole thing and is looking to put this behind her, not unlike how she took it. <laughs> well, now she's embarrassed. Well, she's always she wasn't been kind. before. She she uh, other than you know nailing a guy on the high roller, she has always been the quiet one in this whole situation. So oh, this I'm sorry, I was confused. The female. Oh partner, yeah, not, not not the fiance. Right. All right, sorry, my bad. Yep. Vegas Eater recently submitted renderings of the Nacho Daddy plan for the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood, complete with two stories, outdoor dining, and a walk-up daiquiri bar. Plans are to open in August of this year and expected to cost $2 million to build. It looks pretty fucking sexy. I know I don't have a link that you guys can see, but it's it's awesome. Crews have been removing the iconic Riviera Tower neon, much of which has been donated to the Neon Museum, and a large collector in Reno who hopes to be able to crowdsource the money to restore it. I, I want to get your opinion on this. What are your thoughts about a guy getting large portions of the Riviera Tower and restoring it in Reno? What What is your interest to see something like that? He's restoring that tower. Big whoop to do. I'm fucking selling it hardcore to you because I completely agree. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you do with this sign if it's not in Vegas and yeah. it's not someplace I can easily get to. Who gives a fuck about it being in Reno? Well, who's going to be... Who is going to be the primary crowd 
that he's looking to source when he's taking something from Vegas and moving it to Reno. The people in Reno don't give a shit about it because it wasn't in Reno. And the people in Vegas are going to say, we can't see it. Why are we going to give you money for it? Yeah, I don't get it. It's almost like the guy is a neon enthusiast, like many of us are. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get it. Oh, it's so great. Don't you guys want to help build this? Like, no, dick, you took it from fucking Vegas. I don't give a fuck what you do with it now. Yeah. Well, uh, the 2017 NHL Awards will be in Vegas again. However, due to a scheduling conflict, they will be at the Hard Rock instead of MGM, where they are. They will be at the MGM Hard Rock instead of at MGM, are where this they year. were last year. Well, they are uh, this the, year. They are at this year. They'll be there next year, which is 2017. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah. Mm, numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't. The, but the okay. Hard Rock will be uh, the fourth venue in Vegas that the awards have been held at because they were previously at the Palms and Wynn prior to. Woo! I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit of uh, Mark's writing, and it's a little bit of the uh, bourbon. I was going to say the exact <laughs> same thing. Exact same thing. I'm like, I could have worded some of that better, and you could have read some of that better. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? My BAC is fun. That's right. B-A-C? Oh, oh that's right. Took me a second. I'm like, what's it? Oh, right. That, yeah. I'm trying to get mine up very quickly. Yeah, come on. How are we doing? How are you feeling? You good? You um, getting in a good mood, I hope? I, no, I'm, 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 no, the worst part is, is my snarky bitch is probably going to be coming out even worse before too long. <laughs> I'm, I'm happier, but I'm, I might be snarkier. It's that's okay. That's okay. You know what? Listen, if anybody that listens to this show knows, you're going to get a dose of snark every week. Yeah. But it doesn't normally come from me. Okay, well, you're but you're the lovable sweet one. I well, as we we heard through Twitter last week that I was a saint for putting up with the two of you, but that's okay. Nah. All right, in an attempt to fight off the blight it has come to be defined by, the Las Vegas Planning Commission has proposed a 30-year plan to green up the space between Charleston Boulevard, West Las Vegas, Cashman Center and south of Fremont East to make it more welcoming to businesses, residents and the eye with plans to replace long, empty buildings and lots with green space. This plan is up for vote in May. There's a link that you guys can take a look. They aren't the greatest pictures of what they've got in mind. But i got to be honest with you. This seems to me like the inevitable resolution to any place that used to be modernized, used to be industrial, that has then become... Kind of shithole. Yeah, yeah, because they've moved on to other places, like, but especially in downtown areas. Instead of all of this being retail space or whatever, fucking level the place, put some green, make it a bit, bit of a park there. Put a park. I think it looks sharp when you consider. It's cheaper than building anything. Well, Although level, leveling a building, especially if it was once used for industrial, is super expensive. Yeah. Well, and luckily this is the uh, the planning commission that has the concept here. So, it's a lot of these it's, buildings They that, have the concept. They don't have the money. Well, they have well, to be approved. The money is there. Sure. It just has to be approved is the problem. Mm, it's governmental taxpayer dollars. Eh, well, it, you got to get the you got to get the city commission or the city city council to approve it, but at the end of the day, homeless people need places to do it too. See? So, I'm okay with this. Yeah. And when you think about all the open lots and the empty buildings, mean, obviously the empty buildings, it isn't as obvious to tourists. And actually, to, to Tony's point, um, to try the homeless people to sneak into an empty warehouse in Vegas when the sun has been blasting down on those tin roofs, it's going to be way too hot in there to do it. You might as well be out in the open park 
We got a That's breeze. Right. Nice breeze. Yeah, I mean, it's it's much Sun better. your bum. Yeah. Um, really? Mark, can you help with my, both the listeners, but mostly my mind's eye? Where exactly is Charleston Boulevard, West Las Vegas, and Cashman Center in relation to the Fremont? Yeah, East I'm looking area. at the picture, and I'm, I'm having a hard yeah, time visualizing you know what, this. It, it, it's hard to give you the specifics without getting nerded out and kind of dumb. Think Fremont Street, and then go, let's say... Oh, at the end of the Fremont, at end of Fremont, the canopy? Go right. Uh, not just right, but think about think about Fremont Street, and then go five blocks in each direction. Five, five to eight blocks in each direction. So kind of out where the closed down, um, what was that, that scary casino you all, you've mentioned on well, the, was the Yeah, just all of that. And even spaces where you where Derek's starting to expand into with the downtown Las Vegas Event Center and then his eventual distribution. A lot of those are, are, are dead buildings. There's there's nothing in them. They've all moved to other locations. It's it's a lot of those those spaces that are just gaps that, you know, had had industrial or residential or something there that isn't there anymore and now it's just kind of going you know what not all of this space is going to fucking work you know we can't sell all of this it'd be great if we could but we can't so let's make it look nice at least yeah be honest tony i still can't tell from the pictures what where it is it it is tough the the pictures aren't very helpful but knowing knowing the streets that they mentioned just literally think of fremont street and think five to seven, eight blocks in, in each direction. Cool. All right. Good. Hey, I, I thoroughly support that area. That area is super sketchy, yeah. even during the daytime, let alone going, you know, I would never, I mean, it's, by the time you get to, um, what's that outdoor mall park area, the, just past El Cortez? Oh, uh, oh the uh, down, Container Park? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even going, you know, thank goodness for there being El Cortez between Fremont East and and the Container Park. That area is sketchy. Well, and have you ever tried to walk down to the Neon Museum? Yes. Oh, it's one blight. time during the daytime. It's nothing and, but blight. It's the same concept. Yeah. They're like, why do we have these attractions? But it's a fucking eyesore to get to them. We if we can't get businesses or things in here. Green it up. Yeah. I no. If that's. That's exciting. That, good for good for downtown Vegas. That's I think that's what brings people downtown when you're not looking at just blight and empty buildings. Yeah. And anyway, okay. I, I love it. They they had a, a 20 year plan that they're now kind of moving away from, and and this new one I, I am more interested in. We're also gonna have a link on the blog that gives more details in the story if you're interested. And lastly, in a poll by New World Wealth, 800 millionaires were surveyed asking what their favorite hotel in the world was. The winner was Bellagio. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Other properties included the New York Plaza, Mandarin Oriental in London, and others not in Vegas, so we don't really care. <laughs> How much do you think fucking bullshit. that irritates the shit out of Steve Wynn? Because, like, he did Bellagio, and then yeah. I'm sure he would like to think he's done Wynn, which is better, and then yeah. Encore, which is at least as good as Wynn, if not better. And they're going... No, no, you kind of topped out at Bellagio. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a weird peaked, thing. buddy. You were kind of like, you, you know, peaked. The, 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 the high school job. <laughs> I think you peaked. <laughs> but, no, here's the thing. So I've, I've never stayed at Bellagio. Haven't stayed at Wynn. But I'm I've, about I've, to judge the fuck out of them both. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to throw a whole thing in there, which I'm sure we'll, Tony will have an opinion on. Um, so I haven't 
again, stay either one of those. I would rather be in Wynn's Casino than Bellagio's. I agree. I agree. Because Bellagio's, I just am not, I don't feel welcome. Like, we just don't belong there. Wynn, they don't care. You can sit down and gamble any place, and it's it's high end. It's it. The space is beautiful. It's comfortable, and it, you know, I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe I'm not European enough to... Maybe, maybe he almost refined it a little too much. Like maybe, maybe it is that air of arrogance that that shuffles people like us out, and maybe that's why the millionaires like it. I yeah, I don't know. But the, how could you not? They obviously haven't stayed in any place in Vegas other than Bellagio, is my guess. Mm-hmm. I honestly would, if out of the folks polled, I would bet they haven't stayed anywhere else. Well, there's 800 millionaires. I assure you, wins pretty good. I'm, I, I, oh I no, I'm sure he's bringing in some, but I they're. Uh, I call bullshit. There's no <laughs> fucking reason. And I would put Cosmo up against any of those. I think that's a little too hip and a little too open. For, maybe to your, to maybe your point, that's why. To your point, these are millionaires that who many of them I would. Oh, also, they want the stuffy exclusive. I, you're no, I, I you're think, not good enough for me vibe. I okay, well then, stereo- yeah, Bellagio is fucking perfect. I think stereotypically that would make sense. That that would explain it to me that it doesn't feel inviting it doesn't feel like it's for and you do feel slightly shamed in some cases that you shouldn't be there oh you're supposed to have on your louis vuittons and everything else while you're walking through the fucking casino i'm looking in vegas i ain't wearing all that shit man. i'm gonna take my sport coat out for now on like like because i've always got a got a t-shirt underneath i'm gonna intentionally take it off just, you won't be able to you'll be freezing when well you're i know there. but just to make a point i'll shiver and i'm like i'm a batman t-shirt fuck pricks <laughs> <laughs> You don't want me here, but I'm still here anyways. <laughs> I've got a theory. All right. I think that the reason why Bellagio beats out Win, albeit it shouldn't, I think the reason why Bellagio beats out Win is exclusively the fact that there's a theme with Bellagio that Win doesn't. Wynn's theme is just opulent and over the top. Right. But when you think about Wynn, how is Wynn inherently any different than, say, the New York Plaza or the Mandarin Oriental, where they're just over the top opulent hotels? Right. When you think Vegas, you think Bellagio because the Bellagio has that theme, that 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 Italian beautiful marble, the whole feeling of it all. It's nice. Uh, Karen, I've stayed at both, and and I respect your opinion about why you feel more comfortable at Win over Bellagio. Uh, I, I think the only difference is you don't realize you're being judged as severely as you are when you're at Win. That's fine. I don't care. I just don't want to feel uncomfortable. If they can judge me if they want behind the scenes, if I'm having a good time and they're taking my money, why do they care? Yeah, just keep oh. it to yourself. You can hate me. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> So I suspect it's 100% the theme. And when you think about it, Bellagio is far more iconic than is well, the, the wind. the fountains alone, my it, God. It, yeah. People don't think of Steve Wynn's balls when they think of Las Vegas. They think about the fountains. So, no, this, it doesn't, I, Karen, I agree with you. 100% Bellagio should not be the favorite hotel in the world let alone exactly let alone the the favorite hotel of vegas but i think that the iconic themed nature of it is the reason why it wins all right well that's going to do it for news and prop bets let's move on to coming attractions
Attractions is the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. This segment is brought to you by tickets.accessvegas.com. If you are going to be in, if excuse me, if you're going to go to a concert or an event in Las Vegas or anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at tickets.vegasaccess.com. .accessvegas.com. Uh, yes, go to tickets.accessvegas.com. Uh, all right, so first up, and I, I got to concede, I hope my wife does not find out about this. Uh, <laughs> this looks funny shit to me. I Honestly, I would go to this. Hell yeah. I would totally go to this. <laughs> Friday, May 27th is this guy's birthday, and I see my wife buying us tickets to Vegas and tickets to this concert as a quote-unquote birthday gift <laughs> for Tony. But we've got coming up, I Love the 90s. Featuring Sultan Peppa, Tone Loke, Kid and Play, Rob Bass, Young MC, and Cool Mo D. They're performing at Mandalay Bay. Uh, excuse me, they're playing specifically at Mandalay Beach. Saturday, May 28th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $40. I agree with you. I would totally fucking go to that. I, yeah, for 40 bucks, I would totally do that too. If and, and frankly, if um if we weren't going out, I know for <laughs> going Vegas back to Vegas two weeks later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just for this concert. If God forbid my wife finds out, she's like, oh, well, I, I know they start at $40. I'll pay $400. <laughs> I just want Tone Loke's nut sweat all over my face. What? Good lord. Perhaps they can bottle it for 400, Tony. <laughs> right. For 400, Tone Loke will... Never mind. Right. I won't finish that. No, it, it won't take that much. Um, no. No, she'll be able to have Tone Loke's nut sweat all over her chin for uh, she'll, she'll She'll probably get more than that for less. Right. Ziggy Marley is performing at Mandalay Beach on Friday, June 3rd. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at 42 bucks. The Go-Go's are performing at Mandalay Beach Friday, August 26th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at 37. I wonder if that isn't why Belinda Carlisle looks so fantastic when the woman is touring by herself and then with the fucking Go-Go's immediately after. Oh, Jesus, is she really? Yeah. That's right, she was part of the Go-Go's. I don't know that I knew that, but you could... Fill we also using trivia, yeah, in a in one of those little matchbox. <laughs> Here's everything Tony knows about music. Right. Uh, UB40 is performing at Mandalay Beach Saturday, July 30th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $37. Every time I see UB40, I always think of Stewie. I'm like going, if you like your your reggae white and watered down. <laughs> oh, yikes! I don't remember that one. Atreyu is performing at the Vinyl at Hard Rock on Friday, May 20th. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at 20 bucks. And something Karen noticed with eagle eyes that, like, as she was just scanning over the show notes, Corn, Rob Zombie, and In This Moment are performing at Mandalay Bay Saturday, July 30th. Show starts at 7.30. Tickets start at 50 bucks. I totally want to go see that. There's a fair shot. We're going to be in Can Vegas for this. Oh, I totally want to go. All right. I don't know. Uh, Rob Zombie's seen him. I'm not sure who. Seen Z- they 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 toured together a lot. I, I assume they they are they just, probably have similar fan bases. Right. Um, so we're fans of one and not the other. I, I like Rob Zombie. We've seen them live. I think he's terrible live. Yes. I, I think he 
he just phones it in, man. The guy sings like every other word. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. There, there are fans. I don't, I don't want to. But who's in this moment? I don't think I know that one. I, mean, um, you have to look him I up. know you know a song based on rock band, but I, it's not coming to my mind right now. Okay, there well, you go. Did Rob Zombie do some movies back in the early 2000s? <laughs> uh, he did. He did oh, House Tony, of a Thousand so Corpses. Funny. He also did the Halloween remake. Yep. I, I want to say he even did the sequel to the remake, but I, I'm not 100% no, sure. No, I thought he did a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. He, he did do a sequel to that. It was named something else, and I don't remember what it was. We, yeah. we actually have House of a Thousand Corpses. <clears throat> That's a fucked up movie. Oh, no, it, it's, it's completely fucked up. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> my ex-girlfriend, not 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 my wife, just to be clear, so <laughs> I can talk about well, her because my wife won't listen to the show. <laughs> Uh, she and I went to see that movie, and from beginning to end, we were like, this is the dumbest movie ever. And we were practically screaming it in the movie theater with, like, six other people. Really? Yeah. Hated it. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was significantly yeah. disturbing. I didn't think it was scary. I mean, oh, I, I, no, I just thought right. it was disturbing. Hey, maybe that's, maybe we went into it thinking it was going to be a horror movie, and, and we were just going, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not scary. It's just kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, Right. I don't know how much LSD he dropped before he uh, wrote that movie, but LSD. Yay. 1970s called, Tony. They want their references, drug references back. Oh all right, all right, all right. Can we check the river? Unfortunately for some of your listeners, they uh, are about to engage themselves in a 360 legal on. So as Karen alluded to a little bit earlier in the show, uh, she was unaware that what inspired all of this legal lounge is that there is a at least what appears to be the beginning of a class action lawsuit. Tony and I, being the skeptics that we are, are currently researching and trying to touch base with the lawyer involved to find out because we aren't above understanding that there are a lot of snarky pricks out there that that would get some odd kick out of creating a, a false class action lawsuit knowing that we we are very interested in, in okay, such a thing. Okay, can you just qualify class, class action lawsuit around? Around resort fees. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry, sorry. So uh, while we are still continuing to research that, we will not promote where it is until we are confident that, that that's the right thing. But it inspired Tony to write a 360 Legal Lounge explaining what the hell a class action lawsuit <laughs> is. Well, essentially, it's when a large group of people, we would call them the plaintiffs, they file a single lawsuit against a company or an individual, in this instance, the defendant, for similar or identical grievances. A class action is only appropriate when individual lawsuits even by multiple people against the defendant would not be efficient or cost-effective for the court system. So it's taking your lawsuit and my lawsuit and Karen's lawsuit and Alistair's lawsuit, and, and we're just rolling them all into one big lawsuit. And this is when, when they do class actions, when they send out those letters, like, you might be eligible for a class action because they want as many people as Absolutely, possible yeah. yep. involved in this yep. to get the biggest reward possible. All right. Exactly okay. right. So let's, talk about, so let's talk about the types of class action lawsuits. Okay. First up, securities. Essentially, this is a class action lawsuits that are brought on behalf of a group of investors or stockholders. 
Second, products liability. They are filed when a defective product harms a large group of people. Employment. These class actions are brought on behalf of employees of a company for violations of labor laws. And finally, consumer class action lawsuits. These types of class action lawsuits occur when many consumers are injured by a company's illegal business practice. Uh, but we'll come back to this in just a few minutes. Okay, so what requirements must be met for a lawsuit to be certified as a class action lawsuit? Before a judge will certify a lawsuit as class action, he must first look at four traits amongst those bringing their lawsuit. First up, the number of plaintiffs. There have to be so many possible plaintiffs and lawsuits against the defendant that it's not practical for them to file their own suits. Same claims. Legal claims raise common legal and factual issues, thus making it efficient to deal with all claims together. Thirdly, they must be typical cases. The named plaintiffs all have the same claim and defenses as the others in the, <laughs> in casino? the casino. In the case. Wow, was I really writing this for this uh, <laughs> particular issue or what? It should have said that the, the name plaintiffs all have the same claims and defenses as the others in the lawsuit. Uh-huh. And lastly, fair and adequate protection for the class. The name plaintiffs and their attorney must look out for the interest of everyone in this class. So... Think about what the number of plaintiffs, the same claim, a typical case, as well as fair and adequate protection for the class actually means. Listen, we're talking about this within the constructs of resort fees, but one of the ways that I bet you a lot of people can relate to this without realizing that they, or remembering they were a part of it. Do you remember being a part of the blockbuster class action lawsuit? About three years before Blockbuster went out of business, they had the huge late rental fees class action brought against them. And the idea here was, what do you do when you have all of these people who were erroneously charged? Because the idea here was that just because you had a, you didn't return your video at the same time that you were supposed to, doesn't mean that there was inherently economic harm to Blockbuster because they always had 38 copies of the exact same movie, right? And so the idea is you're taking something that is, that is large in number, so you've got a lot of plaintiffs, you're looking at something that's the exact same claim, in this instance with Blockbuster, it's, it's your overdue rental fees or with our resort fees, you paid these, you know, these unnecessary resort fees at night uh, for each room. They're a typical case, you rent a room at Bellagio or Caesar's Palace or MGM Grand so or wait, Caesar's Palace. Hold on, hold on. I have to I have to back up a second. Yeah. And I, I I'm assuming Blockbuster lost this case, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, okay, but, but here's my issue with this. They didn't they didn't lose it, they 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 settled the case. because well, they wouldn't have lost it. That's that's what I understand. You signed a contract when you signed up for Blockbuster that you will rent a movie from here to here and if you don't turn it back, you're gonna pay. Except that your rental fee, excuse me, your late 
fee was more than the rental fee, so it became punitive, right. not oh, just. Shit. You have their stuff. They don't know if they're ever going to get it back. Yep. Libraries do this all the time. But you could keep re-renting it to them every day. Like if you're like, well, you're going to keep it another day. You got to pay for a rental for another day. Fine, pay for rental. If, but they if, weren't if doing people, that. No, they were but if people are too fucking excess. lazy to get off their asses <laughs> to go back to the store, re-rent it, and bring it back, how did the how did this fucking happen? Well, Seriously? clearly, clearly their lawyers realized that they fucked up. Like, yeah, let's just give them some money. <laughs> because Karen, you're treating me different than you're treating Mark. If I don't return the movie on time. Right. You charge me an additional, and I'm making this up on the fly, $5 is a late fee. Yet, if there is the same video happens to be in stock and Mark goes in and he grabs the video and he walks up to the checkout counter and the guy only charges him $3 for that rental fee, you're not treating me the same as you're treating Mark. You're okay. giving Mark a $2 advantage or me a punitive $2 disadvantage. Okay, that makes total sense to me. Right, got okay. it. Then All right, good. we'll see then. That's, I'm a good lawyer. Okay. All right. <laughs> you could have said it in a, a few sh- shorter words, but yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I liked all the words. I liked all the words. Oh, no. You could have, I would have said it way shorter than that, but I got what he said. I honestly was sitting here going, all right, get it. And he's still talking like it. All right, tell him good. I'm good. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Now, once the judge certifies the multiple lawsuits into a class action, the process plays out like a typical civil case. Remember, with a civil case, we're talking about money or the requirement that the defendant behaves in a certain way. It might be a permanent injunction on bad behavior, or it could be ordering the defendant to begin doing something that they've not been doing. Similarly, discovery will begin, which means that the documentation will be required by both sides of this lawsuit. You know, taking depositions, which is nothing more than sworn statements under oath, of all of the parties are going to be involved in the law that, that, that might be involved in the lawsuit, as well as the possible motions to argue, such as the future process of the case, whether there's going to be summary disposition, mediation, things along that manner. So what is important for the individuals that are part of the lawsuit? Start gathering and organizing all the shit materials that may serve as evidence to support your <laughs> positions in case of a class action lawsuit. So in that instance, what am I really saying for that last bullet point? It's paper trail, paper trail, paper trail, paper trail. If you think you're going to want to be a part of this class action lawsuit, folks right now need to start going through their uh, credit card statements. They need to, more importantly, find their their itemized receipts that are going to show that they've paid the, the the resort fees for their rooms. Or or even at this point, I mean, keep hanging on to them because I don't know what the timeline is going to be as it relates to when the quote-unquote egregious behavior occurred. So, at any rate, that's, that's, that's all there is to say about that. If you've ever stayed at a place that had resort fees, find your receipts, hang on to it. All right, so how does this play out regarding a class action lawsuit against hotels for resort fees? Well, we need to look closer at this fourth type of class action lawsuit, that being the consumer class action. Within the Federal Trade Commission Act, in Section 5, there's something called the unfair methods of unlawful competition. And the statute reads in part, Karen, 
unfair methods of competition in or affecting commerce, and unfair or deceptive acts or practices in affecting commerce are hereby declared unlawful. The Commission is hereby empowered and directed to prevent persons, partnerships, or corporations from using unfair methods of competition in or affecting commerce and unfair or deceptive acts or practices in affecting commerce. By making these deceptive claims illegal, no business may make false, misleading, or deceptive claims about a product regarding its price, quality, purpose. So what makes something false or misleading? Well, false advertising is any published claim that is deceptive or untruthful, and misleading advertising is any published claim that gives a consumer an incorrect understanding of the product they are interested in purchasing or using. All right, so what are the types of... Wait, wait, wait hold on. That lesson. So does that mean that sure. if I see an advertising claim that says, this product will change your life forever, and it doesn't, then I have an issue? No, because okay, so there's something called puffery, and that is a legal term. But puffery (laughs) is the idea where when you're going to try to sell something, of course you're going to try to make it sound over the top and and it's going to solve all your problems. And if you drink this, you're going to live to be a thousand and you're going to look like you're 38 years old forever. And well, when you're dead, how are you going to enforce that uh, (laughs) lack of claim, right? Right. (laughs) Now, what are the types of false and misleading advertising tactics? Well, first of all, there's bait and switch advertising. This is advertising a product that the business does not provide or does not intend to sell. Businesses usually lure consumers into their stores by promising to sell or provide an item or service at a certain cost. Once the consumer is in the store, the business tries to sell the consumer a more costly item or service. There's also the high pressure sales tactic. This is used to get consumers to purchase a service or product that he does not want or does not tend to purchase. Another is deceptive form contracts. The contracts have ambiguous promises or fine print in their contracts that are usually overlooked or misunderstood. Fourthly, artificially inflating prices. This is done by businesses to give the illusion that a great deal is available on a product or service. I'm looking at you, Joseph A. Bank. And failure to disclose. This term is used when a business does not inform consumers when an item or service is currently unavailable or when an offer has expired. So before we move on to the next section, gang, real quick, let's stop and talk about these. We explained what bait and switch advertising is. We talked about high pressure sales tactics, deceptive form contracts, artificially inflating prices and failure to disclose. Go ahead, you're the lawyer. Where do you think there's a possibility of a class action lawsuit as it relates to false and misleading advertising tactics. I think number three, deceptive the form de- contracts. Because the concept is they're trying to slide this in. While, while they may be, I mean, obviously failure to disclose is also another issue. You could even argue that artificially inflating prices. Okay, that, you had to pick one. I got oh, excited. no, hang on. I got excited. Uh, it, and, and here's the deal, Karen. 
the lawyer's not going to pick just one oh, no, hook on which to hang their hat. Yeah. Two, three, four, five. I get it. But, I, I mean, I, I see that all three of those could easily work. I mean, they are kind of throwing this into the fine print. And while some people could argue that they're like, well, towards the end of the uh, thing, you know, like, oh, hey, here's this. But like, yeah, but you've been kind of leading me to believe I was going to pay 100 bucks a night. And they're like, okay, so that's going to be 100 plus 35 bucks a night here. But like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? I.e. failure to disclose. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I see multiple angles that, that hopefully they go after because, fuck, let's hope we at least get one of them. I, I agree with you, Mark. I think that there's a bait and switch going on. We're going to oh, make you believe that it's only $68 a night until you end up, you know, the, the, the day you check in. I think you're absolutely right that there's going to be some deceptive form contracts where indeed there's going to be this, you know, fine print that you're not actually going to see. You're going to overlook it. You might misunderstand it or the failure to disclose that it's not until the very end that you realize, especially upon checkout. Now, I think that well, you can also honestly go into the artificially inflating prices because they think they're coming in for one price and they're getting something else. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's that's the idea that they're overcharging and then trying to discount. That's exactly right. I mean, they're almost doing an inverted artificially inflating price, uh, prices. I think they're artificially decreasing prices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is not technically a type of false and misleading advertisement, but I don't think that that's I don't think that that's necessarily an inherent problem for the attorney to to argue. I think it's just in in a a unique way of saying, listen, Your Honor, I think to the contrary, we've got the artificially deflating of prices, knowing full well that what they really want to charge is $130, but they're only putting on the website as $100. See, and that's so, one of the things that I love about law is because it's the subtle, it's the wording, it's the nuances, it's 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 the, well, to exactly what Tony's saying here is like, yeah, yeah, I understand it's not listed in here, but I think de-inflating the price needs to be included into this. It's a subtle thing that nobody's ever addressed before, but clearly, let's look at the at the spirit of this entire concept and see that this is this is what we meant. So there's something I'm missing the two of you are talking about, because in my mind, if somebody tells you, you know, your room is 150 bucks a night, and you come in, it's like, yeah, 150, but it's a, you know, $30 room fee, that's artificially inflating your prices. Like, it you told me I was paying this, but I have to pay this plus. Well, because remember, Karen, it, at the heart of what artificially inflating prices is, is just it would be like me as an attorney saying, OK, you guys want to come to me to get your will done. And realistically, I would charge you. I think you would come in and I think you would pay 200 bucks for me to do a will for you. But instead, I say, you know what? Here's the deal, Karen. You're a good friend of mine and I like you a lot, Karen. And so even though I typically charge $300 for this this will, I'm going to give you the friend and family discount. I'm only going to charge you $200. That's artificially inflating the price. You've, 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 you've put it at a price that you have zero intention of actually selling it at because you intend on giving a quote unquote discount. It's the same thing that, that Joseph A. Bank does. If you ever buy a anything, let alone a suit, if you buy anything from Joseph A. Bank at full price, you're a full-blown moron because they have sales going literally every single day. 
And so you never actually pay full price. So when you look at that ticket and you say, I'm looking at the tag on this suit and the suit says it's $500, yet the sign on the top of the uh, rack here tells me that it's 50% off. And so I'm only gonna pay $250. What they've really done is they've artificially increased their prices so that you think you're getting a $500 suit for 250 bucks. When in reality, it was always their intention to sell it to you for $250. Does that make a little bit more sense? It does. Um, so that's artificially so raising the prices. Mark and I are arguing, they're putting it at a hundred bucks and saying, oh, look, you're only gonna get this room for a hundred dollars until we figure in your resort fee. Yeah. And then you're gonna pay $130. So I guess I, was, I also think of it then as bait and switch. Because you're telling me you're getting a room for this much, but yep. oh, that plus. Yep. And that very well could be the bookend to artificially in, in inflating prices. So maybe that the, the bookend to artificially inflating prices is the bait and switch. We're going to advertise it as a lower price until you wind up actually accepting it. And then you're going to go ahead and you're going to pay much more than that. But there are some defenses. And in particular, there are going to be some defenses that the hotel will have as it relates to this type of class action lawsuit. Who wants to take the first point? Great. I'll take it. Federal law limits the Federal Trade Commission from declaring an act or practice unlawful unless it's likely to cause substantial injury that is, quote, not reasonably avoidable by consumers. Second, if the resort fees are disclosed early in the process, the mandatory resort fees are reasonably avoidable by the consumer and probably not a violation of the Federal Trade Commission. And lastly, Currently, this is how the FTC views resort fees. As long as they are revealed early in the booking process and included in the final process, giving the hotel guests the opportunity to abandon the reservation, they're acceptable. So that's at least currently, you know, we rec we're recording this show on April 15th, depending on who knows when the listener will actually hear it, but... Uh, on, on today's date, that is the common practice of the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, to treat resort fees. As long as the hotels are essentially rolling it or bundling it as a part of the overall package, when you book your, your reservation, they're going to say, you've been given, in particular, a reasonable opportunity to avoid these fees. Remember, you, you said, Mark, your quote was, uh, it's not a, it doesn't cause any sort of substantial injury so long as it quote is not, or so, so long as it's reasonably avoidable by the consumer. And that's the theory. You don't have to click that book now button on the website. You could always go somewhere else. Once you discover that that resort fee is going to be a part of your your overall, your total price, you have the right to close out that browser and not book with them. Maybe you move to cheap plug here for a boy downtown and you want to stay at Main Street Station. Right. They don't charge a resort fee. You could always go there and say, so you can avoid the, the resort fee. The question is, how reasonably avoidable is it? And where they make it into most trouble, they being the, the casinos with this resort fee, could not be through their website per se, but through these third-party orbits and Expedia-type websites. Okay, so you're talking about a, a two-fold hill that we got to climb here. 
one is almost redefining what it what it means, and two is the violation that places like Orbitz and Expedia and whatnot are are disclosing this. Not necessarily they're they're basically the entire reason they came up with resort fees is so they look cheaper on those things that those people may be in in the end fucking them on this. That's correct. That's correct. In in and I remember the so I should give a little bit of the background history for the for the listeners at home. I have reached out to the attorney that is holding himself out as being at least the intake information guy. I, I assume he's, I mean, I went to the website. I, I know who he is. We're not going to divulge it just yet. We'll, we'll hold on to it until I can truly have a conversation with him. But I've, I've seen his website. He's with a large firm on, on the East Coast. I believe him that he's attorney. I believe that this is a legitimate law firm. And I believe that they're legitimately doing the initial investigation investigatory work that needs to be done <laughs> to put together a class action lawsuit. But there are a lot of questions that we as potential class action plaintiffs need to ask. One of which is, how are they going to divide up the bounty? Because let's be honest, 99.999% of all class action lawsuits result in some sort of out-of-court settlement. So the question that we need to try to, one of the many questions that we need to ask is, do they intend to divvy up whatever the settlement dollar amount is amongst the actual plaintiffs? So if there's 100 of us, and and I'm making the math super simple, but if there's 100 of us and we, and we settled the lawsuit for $100,000, everybody gets... A thousand dollars. Okay, thank you. Minus, thank you. minus the attorney's fees. Or the, the attorney can have mine. It just, just right off the bat, you can have all the money that I would win. I just want them to knock this bullshit off. Well, and that's okay. So hang on to that thought because we'll get to that in just a second. The alternative is, okay, so we've got 100 individuals. We're dividing 100 individuals by the $100,000. Or are we going to add up how many times... Mark and Karen had to pay resort fees, and Tony had to pay resort fees, and Alistair had to pay resort fees, and instead of dividing it by 100 individuals, you're actually taking how many individual times we individually had to pay resort fees. So if you guys had to pay resort fees three times, and I had to pay resort fees one time, and Alistair had to pay resort fees five times, you've now taken three individuals, but you're dividing it over, what I say, three plus one is four plus five is nine. Right, yeah, yeah. Now you're dividing it over the total number of times you got hit with resort fees, which dilutes it, theoretically, right. a little bit more. That's one thing to think about. Alternatively, Mark, as you aptly mentioned, maybe it, we don't want reimbursement on our resort fees. Maybe we don't want punitive damages for our resort fees. We just want them to knock it the fuck off. Right. And so all we want is a permanent injunction that states that henceforth, these casinos will only charge a hotel room fee, and that's what you pay. You pay your 180 per night plus your self not self-imposed, but your your state-imposed yeah. city city county state taxes, and you're done. And that's fine too. That's okay. But that's one of a lot of questions that we need to ask the attorney. Mm -hmm. 
as a part of this lawsuit. We don't know what cause of action or cause of actions this lawyer is going to go after. You know, we spent a decent amount of time talking about things like bait and switch, uh, deceptive form contracts, uh, failure to disclose, but that's under just one aspect of the different types of ways the lawsuit, uh, the attorney might bring these these lawsuits. We don't know what other options this lawyer may be, might be interested in, and so that's fascinating for me as well. So, anyway, that's that's a really long discussion on it, but that's that's essentially what it boils down to. That's going to be the crux of this lawsuit. It's exciting stuff. It's stuff that we've talked about from day one. That we like just resort fees in general that we're not fans of. People who are big fans of this show and of Vegas that frequently visit have always hated these for for that exact reason. And I would say almost without exception, 100% of the people are like, listen, if the room costs me $130 a night, then fucking charge me $130 a night. Don't tell me it's $100 and then charge me $30 on top of it. It's just, it's, it's shitty deceptive practice. And I think it, it'll be exciting to see right just hands right in it kind of um possibly one, one of the few things outside of the goddamn oj case and shit like that where there's a lawsuit that i think people it, at least in this community that would be genuinely interested in all the steps of this and i i i hope you and i come to a point where we 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 confidently feel that this is legit and we can share it with people and, and support this Absolutely. Once I can get something definitive, and here's here's something else we don't know yet, since I haven't had a chance to talk to him. How many people has he taken intake from? Meaning, at some point, they're going to say, okay, we just need names at this point and people that can provide documentation when it comes time to to actually have it as a part of our lawsuit because these stories are going to be the exact same. Whether you guys stay at MGM and my wife and I stay at Caesars or vice versa, they all become completely duplicative and that's what makes for an excellent class action lawsuit. So once we know more and, and the lawyer says, I very much want them to submit their name, their address, their phone number, their dates, whatever. Once we've got something truly of substance to tell the listeners, we're going to and, and we know that the lawyer wants that information and is ready for it because my attitude is we've got the fire hose yes. ready to go. I was going to say, feel free to let them know that we have an audience that I assure you will flood you with information that you're looking for should we end up feeling that this is legit and we want to support it. Absolutely. One last thing I should, to be pragmatic about the situation, we've mentioned it already, it's going to result... all class actions do as a settlement. Please understand that right up front, there are costs that are associated with bringing a lawsuit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That stuff is going to get deducted right off the top. So let's just say that the settlement is $1 million and they've already got $50,000 in out-of-pocket, they being the the law firm, has $50,000 worth of -of out-of-pocket expenses to bring the lawsuit that's going to get taken off that million dollars. So what? so now you're down so, to 900. And as they wait, should. On, like they're on, making wait, No, stop. So hold on. Imagine someone is trying to grab millions of people in the US that have been or paid resort fees. How many folks stayed in Vegas last year? 40 million plus. 40 million plus. Yeah. How many of them paid resort fees? Probably at least 39 30 million. million. <laughs> yeah. So right. yeah. if you're trying to gather 39 million 
people's worth of information and put it into a lawsuit, that takes a shitload of time and money and energy. Yep. Yep. You're costing, I mean, you're, you're talking billable hours. Yeah. I mean, basic, basic, I, I have to Yeah, if you somebody. have an issue yeah. with these lawyers making money off this, then stop fucking listening to this show and never listen to it again because well, that's raging. That was and my short point. Yeah. The, yeah. What I was, where I was going with it is after they take out their, their costs, their out-of-pocket And hopefully costs, some goddamn profit. They get 33.3% yeah. yep. of... The well, dollar amount. So again, good. just working with a million dollars, we take fifty thousand in costs off the top. They're going to get, and I'm making the the, the numbers easy for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get three hundred and thirty three thousand dollars, and then that remaining six hundred and thirteen ish thousand that's left over would be split amongst however many plaintiffs there are. So nobody's going to get rich off of this. You you're not going to get your money back right. that you paid in resort fees. But more so what you've done is you've you've hit because that wow, what's the point of a civil suit after all? This point of a civil Punishment. suit is either to make somebody stop someone yes. from doing something or hurting them where it really counts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All we want to do is punish them for what they did and make them fucking stop. And when you can say you've had a class action lawsuit with 100,000, 500,000, a million, and, and you're right. I mean, Karen, you really hit the nail on the head. How many people traveled to Vegas just last year? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like uh, resort fees in Vegas have only been around for one year, but let's just say you even get one million people to be a part of the class action. Yep. What does the headline then look like? A million people took the casinos to task for their resort fees. That grabs headlines. So, so anyway, gang, that's, uh, I, I, I'm sorry for those that didn't give a shit about this particular segment. I thought this was <laughs> fascinating. And if you oh, want to be a part so of it, good. you got to know what the process is going to look like. Absolutely. I guess that's probably going to do it then for episode 197. Thank you all for listening. Downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog. It's 360vegaspodcast.com. Of course, you can support the show via PayPal donations, buying stuff off from our merchandise store, which is zazzle.com slash 360vegas, or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, either written or audio, you can always do so. We're at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at Vice Lounge OL as well as at Tony Snyder. Karen. I'm at Karen Mark. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds so abrupt, but it's accurate. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I don't know. For me, I was like, there should be more to that, but there, there isn't. There it's, isn't. It's at Karen Mark. At Karen Mark. That's all we got for you this week. We uh, fully anticipate uh, hanging out with you again next week. We'll see you then. Did you, did you, by the way, Mark, mention at some point, do you want to let the listeners know there's likely going to be a one-week hiatus, but we don't know when between <laughs> now and Vegas? Well, now that you've let it in, well, Tony, we well, might as well. Like, stomped all so, over it. So sure. Tony and I, uh, we were thinking, what are we going to do for episode 200? I, I wonder how many people have already fucking tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They're not, you know what? It'll come as a delightful surprise. There you go. There you go. So Tony and I kicked around the idea of like, what are we going to do for episode 200? I assure you people want us to do something for it. And me, I'm like, what do we have to do for it? <laughs> well, we realized if we just take one week off, 
Episode 200 will be the trip report from 360 Vegas Vacation 3. And this was going to be that week, because I came home with, like, a bitch. This was going like, to be that week, like, yeah. Oh, so, we promise you, between now and 360 Vegas Vacation 3, we will be taking one week off, whether news allows us to or not. So, um, <laughs> as, as is everything in Las Vegas, as is with this show, we have a gamble for you. We could be here next week, or we could see in two. So, until then... Yeah.